For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films, embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture feed. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello and welcome to every single album, Taylor Swift, the final sad installment of the Summer of Taylor Swift series. I am Nora Princiati. As always, he is Nathan Hubbard in a sequence of sparkly blue outfits he is here. Nathan, I would ask you to say hello to the people, but we simply do not have time because 1989 Taylor's version is coming on October 27th. She did it. We were right. How does it feel? There's something that I've been planning for a really, really, really ridiculous year. Embarrassing And I think instead of just like telling you about it, I think I'll just... Almost as good as it feels to get new romantics, Nora. (laughs) Listen, there will be time. I'm sure that was incredibly unpleasant into a microphone, but it had to be done. Listen, now is not the time for gloating. Uh, That time will be every single day for the rest of our lives. But for now... We should take a pause to celebrate what was really an epic run of six shows in Los Angeles. And just to cut to the chase, I had some real sadness that you were not going to experience that with me. And out of the blue, on night five, I get a call. My phone rings from Nora. And we usually text. We talk when like shit is serious. And I get a call and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? And I pick up the phone and like, I already know. I already know what's going on. (laughs) Cause it's like sheepish Nora voice on the other end. And she's sheepish because she didn't tell me that she was in Los Angeles working, covering football training camp, which is her day job. 
but she's also got this like gleefulness, which when I as as long as I've known you and as much as we've talked, I could just pick it up right away. And I knew exactly what you were calling to tell me. <laughs> you really was did. You actually said it before I did. I know. I didn't have to tell you. I know. And then what was so cool about night five is that all three of us, you, me, and producer Kaya were in the house in different places. Every single album was at the Eras tour. I mean, different places. And it was just wonderful to have you there. And so why don't we just lead with this? Because you are one of the few people who saw this show in New York City, traditionally a home of great energy for her tours, and in Los Angeles, which I think is sort of, it's going to be hard for anyone to argue that the energy from the last six nights was stronger anywhere else than it was in Los Angeles. But you get to be the final arbiter and judge of that, having seen them both. So Nora, talk to us about the differences from what you saw in New York earlier in the summer to what you saw just a few nights ago in Los Angeles. Well, okay. So first I'm I'm going to back up for a second and fill in the gaps on the story that you just told because it just, it just tickles me and just, there was just sort of magical Taylor energy that was working out for both of us. I am on my summer training camp tour as is tradition on the NFL beat. And I love going to training camps. It's a really fun time of the year. It's really helpful. It's really great to see all the teams get to go hang out at practice, whatever. The one thing that I simply cannot stand about it is that everything is constantly in flux. I am like, you know, I am a nice type A personality, young woman, and I like to know where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. And you just have to let that all go for training camp because the day before they're going to be like, actually, we're canceling practice. Actually, cancel practices at 5 p.m. Actually, like we're going for ice cream that day. And you just have to like roll with the punches and try to get as many places as possible. And the way that it was shaping up, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to end up in LA during the Eras tour. I think I'm going to end up in LA during the Eras tour. I think I'm going to end up in LA during the Eras tour. But it's just a really chaotic time. And I didn't have tickets. I didn't have like... Did you have a cell phone? Everyone, did you have like your I did phone? I did have a... Well, so that you hold on. Like texted hold me on. and been like, yo. Hold on. But I also was like, I this is just like a complicated... It's a complicated logistical time. I don't know what I can commit to. Not a lot going on at the moment. You had plans to go and Kaya had plans to go. So I was like, well, I don't even know where to go. Like, whatever. And I was, I had made peace with that. I was like, I'm going to, I will have a little bit of FOMO, but it's just like, this is what makes sense is that I need to do this other part of my job right now. And that's the way that it's going to be. And I really felt that I had made peace with that. And then I landed at LAX and it's just like Taylor Mania. Like I go to get my it, rental is, car. These, these are the lyrics to "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus. What, what are you doing? Literally, right now? my dream and my cardigan. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream, my cardigan. These girls are like trying to get a rental car in front of me, and they hadn't made a reservation. And this woman was like. Taylor Swift is in town. Like, we don't have a car for you. And I was like, fuck, I need to go to the air store. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Whatever. And then dude. you know what this well, was. Well, just hold on, just hold on. And I also was like, I also in the back of my mind was like, I feel it feels wrong to not at least like be in Nathan Hubbard's presence in the city of Los Angeles. But again, 
I was overwhelmed by logistical chaos. And then by the grace of the Los Angeles Rams at like 2 p.m. the night of, of the Tuesday show, I happen into tickets. Yes. yes and I'm just yes. like, all right, I just need to, this is magic. I have to call Nathan. Um, um, and we were all there and it was a magical time. The energy was phenomenal. I believe, I don't, do we have a number on the champagne problems applause from last night? Um, yes. We're recording at 7 a.m. I'm in a rental car. I'm in my car in the Raiders parking lot right now. So <laughs> yes. every single album is coming to you all in a slightly unhinged manner. But Nathan, you, La- you've last done the night, research. Last night was a few seconds longer. It depends on, <laughs> depends on where you measure from. Uh, whose was bigger depends on where you measure from. But the the truth is it looks like last night was a little bit longer and she let it go just a little bit more. But Nora, this is all a bunch of reverse justification for your FOMO. You were afraid for me to get new romantics without you. And you just couldn't let that that happen. Nathan, like that honestly wasn't even it. It really wasn't it. I was happy for you. Also, you got death. We have so much to talk about. But let me answer your question about what the tour was like in the sort of early mid stages in May when she was in New York um, versus versus Los Angeles two nights ago. Uh, So until last night, it sounds like I would have had a claim to fame of having been in the house for the two longest champagne problems applause nights. Yes. Um, it was significantly shorter night two in New York, but that record held up until midway through the the LA run, which actually kind of surprises me. It was different. It was really interesting to see that she is so much tighter. And I yeah. mean that as in terms of like comfortable and just on her marks in the set now than she was back then. Completely. I will say... There was an organic quality to to seeing the show in those earlier stages when she was going through that process. I saw it, I saw that, it the second night in Vegas. Yeah. And it was really it was really magical. I mean, honestly, like even though the applause went on for 8 minutes when we were there, you you I was you could tell that she was milking it a little of bit course. more that when I saw it for the first time, I felt like there was genuine wonder right on her face. But it's just I mean, you can clock a lot of the differences there. She is probably a little bit less sort of like, oh my God, this is the most, this is like an overwhelming and moving and sort of shockingly incredible experience now than she was earlier. But she's also way like sassier and sillier in it. So much more sass. The show does have a different energy. Yeah, because she's able now, she's not thinking about like when you watch Dua Lipa dance, the joke and the truth about her is you can see she's thinking about every next move. And I think right. in the early part of this tour, she was still thinking about the steps and what do we do here? Now it is absolutely second nature to her. And that affords her the luxury of injecting those silly moments. There was all kinds of tongue wagging going on. Yeah, on she night is five. she's doing a lot of um she's doing a lot of facial comedy. A lot which, of facial comedy, a lot of hand acting, 
lot of pull the mic down and you know say words into the crowd kind of stuff, which again, you can only do when you're so comfortable that you know exactly where to land in the middle of Archer so that all those arrows on stage end up under your feet. so that you know exactly where to step for all of the cracks in the glass of Delicate. So that you know exactly what the transition's going to be. You know exactly where Paul's going to be as he's playing guitar during whatever the, the Fearless song is uh, where she like puts her hand under his face talking about his smile. Like she just has it down and it affords her personality to come out in the show. And and that for me was the part that was so striking about seeing it differently. Energy wise in the crowd, what did you feel differently between, I mean, the long cheering, she has total control of that. Let's be honest. And you're right. She milked it to make it longer. And I think she milked it on night five to make it longer because she told us over and over and over again, I'm not tired. We all respond collectively. We have been waiting our entire life to play five shows at SoFi Stadium. I heard everybody's word that I'm I'm tired. tired. I'm not tired. She's like a, I mean, the best way, this is like having toddlers who they're totally (laughs) exhausted. And before they go to bed, like right before they crash, you're like, hey, I'm sorry, Taylor. Like, She's like, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Then and she totally crashes. That's what night five was, was her telling us that she wasn't tired before she crashes. And but she sort of willed that show to be energetic and uh, like a leader telling the entire crew, we have waited our whole lives to do this. We're going to go super hard at it tonight. And and she did for sure. And I think that's partly why she just let the crowd build. Again, how did the energy and the total vibe compare to what you saw in New York? So nothing is going to compare to seeing the show for the first time. I also look like I I saw it at MetLife with like dear, 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 dear friends who I've known forever and ever and ever. And there was a magic to that and a sparkle that will just like... It will never be topped. We were also like, I was on the the floor for that and was further up and in one of the boxes where you are like a little contained. Um, so I think my experience was different because of those things. What do you think about the crowd energy though? The crowd energy, like, I think... It felt similar. Okay. I always get a little bit more from an outdoor stadium. Like, I, I don't... Maybe this is my New York bias. Like, I don't know if it seemed like a little bit more of a Swifty crowd there. Um, whereas more of like a glitzy celeb crowd in LA was, was I think, the vibe. But really, like, the thing that, that I kept thinking about was actually not the differences. It was just that, like, every night for 53 nights this spring and summer wherever she is, is the most joyful room in America. 
like, and probably the world. And it's just the most special thing to be a part of. And just to get to hang out and see that many people screaming their butts off and just feel so good about what they're doing and just be that joyful is unbelievably special. It felt like, again, I'm not going to say every single part as special seeing it a second time and, and not in the same context as I did the first time, but like really almost. It just feels incredibly rare and yeah. wonderful. You're not and giving me what even, I want here. I have to say you're you, not giving me what I want. What I Did wanted, you want me to tell you that like the LA crowds were the best crowds? No, I didn't. But I do think that that six night run is going to be something that that sits historically. Like I I think you're exactly right that the the energy of the crowds definitely was different. But I do think, and maybe this is because I went to so many of these damn things. But I do think that over the course of that night, as it, you know, there just was like an. A, a virtual certainty from night to night that 1989 was coming and that we were building towards something. At the same time, as much of a physical marvel as this show is, she did six shows in seven nights. And as that ridiculous. went on, it was ridiculous. And we should talk about it because she was tired last night. I mean, she walked off stage with a glass of Chardonnay in her hand well-deserved. <laughs> but by the time nights five and six rolled around, she was doing some bailing out. She bailed out a bit of the big vocal runs after Don't Blame Me. After, are you ready for it? She bailed out on Bad Blood. She sang the part, but she didn't do the entire runs that she did in the first couple shows. And I, I do think, listen, I heard through the grapevine that all she did Sunday on the day off, she just slept the whole day, which you'd be hard pressed to blame her, right? It Seriously. is a lot to get through this thing. And this just was. It was an effort and she's not going to have to do this many shows in that short a period of time. So I just was curious if you felt any of that around LA. I actually think you're well, right. So wait, hold on, hold on. I, I, what I did feel, I felt her working. Yeah. Because that the LA yeah. experience to me, and, and I think New York probably has a little bit of this too. So I would be curious right. to compare with someone who went in a, in a smaller market actually, because that would probably be in some ways more relevant. But LA was such a spectacle. Right. I don't know that it was, I don't know that those crowds were like the, all of the diehards. Agree. Agree. We got I Know Places as a surprise song, which like, if I wasn't going to get New Romantics, getting I Know Places was certainly like the most incredible I was happy for thing you. that could have happened. I was happy for us. <laughs> But the crowd was not, I mean, like, I, just just to be honest, crowd was not singing the verses. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, ev- no. Everyone would come in on the choruses, but the crowd was not singing the verses, which like that's the reason I ride for that song is because I think it is so I mean, is because it's incredible, but I think it's super, super underrated. No, I mean, um, N- Nora, they they gave You Are In Love on the second night. My daughters were the only ones in their section singing the verses. And the they net- also there is a video of them going like absolutely berserk <laughs> happy when she started it. That is the most wonderful thing I've seen all summer. Well, look, the Netflix crew came over or what? It's not the Netflix crew. Whoever is filming. Uh, I know nothing about where that thing's going to go. So that, we're that, using Netflix the way that yeah. people use Xerox. Yeah. It, the, the, the film crew, and we should talk about the film crew because that they were part of the story, oh my goodness. part of the narrative for the first couple of nights. The film crew came over and filmed, my girls for for about two and a half songs after that. I say that just because I agree with you that there was a lot of the crowd that I think was there for the spectacle and the monocultural event. And yeah, they dressed up, but there weren't as quite as many diehards. That said, night five, well, hold, night hold six. On. Yeah, can I, can I land the plane here on, on why I think that's interesting? Yes. First of all, look, I think we all love to gaslight gatekeep girl boss our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift. Go to the concert. You don't have to have been like in your room crying to speak now. No. What it came out. Like, go Machine to the Gun Kelly That's was cool. there last and night. Right. I'm, <laughs> Adam I Sandler mean, was there. Carly Klaus was go. there in the nosebleeds. Um, Carly Klaus sitting in section 300. <laughs> what? And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why she was, Nora. Because for the same thing that you're that you're saying, the VIP tent turned into a circus. It was the zoo. It was clogging up the floor. People were stopping and taking pictures. Like literally they were seeing the chimps in the zoo. And I think most of the like real ones (laughs) decided fuck this and went up into suites or as Carly did into seats because who wants to be the focal point in that way. I mean, I think there are a few people names to not be mentioned who went to the VIP tents because they wanted to be seen uh, and they wanted to be in page six and whatever else. But there was a spectacle part of these nights that to your point was less about diehards and that's okay. That's okay. But that was part of the energy. And I think it's part of why the noise got so loud when they realized they were going to see the 1989 thing last night that almost melted the, the, the walls of that, stadium. It was total spectacle. And I'm sure that last night when everyone was was really, you know, you're watching blue outfit after blue outfit come right. out during every different era was building that on its own. You think Machine and I'm Gun sure Kelly knew that was, was coming? Buzzing. <laughs> I think he was like, what oh machi- shit, I want Machine Gun it's Kelly a to new be like- blue dress for Enchanted. Here it comes, 1989. Or do you think he was like, I uh, wonder if I can He's like, make out with He's like, there's seagulls on the website. There's seagulls on the website. That would be so good. Um, You think she'll kiss me? Oh, that was so weird. That's what he was. Okay. The point that I'm trying to make was that the, the energy that I noticed beyond just the spectacle of it all was her energy. And maybe that's coming from the fact that she was, I mean, six shows in seven nights is unreal. This I'm tired at the end of the show. I'm really tired at the end of the show. Just watching it. Holy moly, she must feel like the the cellular level of exhaustion that she must be feeling right now is insane. And so maybe in, in some ways, what I was responding to 
was sort of watching her like effort it out. But it also felt like, and I know you felt some of this too because you were texting me and Kaya about it during the show, that she was just like, I know that a lot of this crowd is someone who who just wants to be part of the scene and is really excited about that. But they might not know every word. And I will not let this be yes. a flat show. Yes. I will not let this be an experience that doesn't have the same right. spectacularness right. of 70,000 people who have followed theater me since the 2000s. She is a theater nerd. And that is like the founding principle and ethos of a theater nerd is we're going to put on a good show no matter what. The show must go on. And she just willed that thing to be what it was. I mean, she was... She was sweating. She had like well, a single curling bang that was just like matted to her forehead. You want to talk about her hair several now? Several acts. Because first of all, Go. she Nathan, was. Nathan texted me and Kaya during the show. I'm gonna need to do 20 minutes on her hair. Her hair is unbelievable. It's it's the story of the thing. We have a <laughs> Mars rover on the stage with the highest definition camera that's ever been invented, that's cruising around, sneaking in between the dancers, getting all the shots. That's after they fired the guy with just incredible calves who was carrying the camera on night one. I mean, that guy was absolutely jacked, which I think you have to be to carry that camera around and run around after her. But he became the story. So they got rid of him, brought in the Mars rover. We got a Mars rover. We got a 70 yard high definition screen as a stage that goes up and down and moves all over the place. And like, it's an unbelievable. We got bracelets in the audience that some guy is able to program to basically make like, it's a, a, a human drone light show or something, but we don't have the technology to keep her hair in place. What is going on on stage that they can't stop? It just goes all. And on top of that, how come her head is sweating so much, but her face is not sweating. Like I saw it up close. I thought maybe they just had a fil- like a TikTok filter on her. Her face is not sweating, but her head, she is, I mean by the Evermore set on the night we were all there, she looked like Ratatouille. She was just a complete wet rat in the best possible way. She was selling it so hard. Nora, I don't understand the dynamics of this. It is perfectly fitting that the 1989 cover that she gifted us last night is a picture of her with her hair just outrageously all over the place. It's like, here's a memento in the wind. of this entire tour. But what is going on up there? Talk to me as a woman with hair. Yeah, you just, you don't know what it's like to be a woman with hair. You I just, do not. You, 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 don't, you don't know what you're talking about here. The fight against humidity. Oh, her hair wants to be curly is, so bad. It is a losing battle. It is a losing battle every time. I mean, we are, again, I am sitting in a a climate-controlled vehicle right now, but I'm going to be out at a football practice later today. I have a hat and I have a side braid because it's just not worth trying. But for all and, of the money that goes into the beauty industry, we can't invent something to keep Taylor Allison Swift's hair from just completely retrenching correct, to, the, to the debut album cover? I once was offered a job in, in Miami and I didn't really think about taking it that seriously, but like I, and I did enough to like make a sort of pros and cons list about it. And on the cons list was, I just have worse hair. If I move to Miami, <laughs> there's nothing to be done about it. It's just, I am a person like I, oh, I would wake goodness. up the morning before moving with, you know, if, if, if I call my hair a seven out of 10, 
uh, we're going to have to knock a couple points off. It, that's There's just no fighting it. Humidity always I mean, wins. There is no product. There is not enough shellacking in the world. But it's that not. Over the course of three hours when you're sweating. And also, you don't sweat the most out of your face. You sweat down like the corn. Yeah. Like, Right at your hairline. Well, I think that's, that's consistent across across, uh, across all humans. But I, I, I still like you can see it gets in her face too, and and she doesn't know it. She's got like you said. There's always some rogue like chunk of it that's hanging in like the least like ideal place. And during the Netflix or Netflixing while they're filming her. You can see in her earpiece, there's some guy like, uh, Taylor, you, you got a bogey again at uh, six o'clock. You got to wipe it away. And then I she totally move disagree. It. I think it's awesome. Oh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that like it gets in the face. Some guy's always trying to get her to mo- brush it away. And she just sort of like, un- she's so annoyed at being told for the 40th time tonight that she's got more hair in her face. So she brushes it away for the cameras and then, and the hair is like, fuck you. No way. I'm coming back. And it just comes back into position some other way. It's, it's that's what insane. Happens. It's insane. Humidity is, is, is stronger than all of us. It always wins, but it's it, also but, like, but when it's she's not an humid, athlete up there, absolutely. She is. This is not she the is debate. An athlete up there. And it's really cool that like, I kind of like it. I like when you see at the end of the at the end of the show when she's it's like at the end of a workout being drenched in sweat yes, or whatever. Yes, which yes. she is right. But at yes. the end of the show, when she has gone from you know pin straight glossy shiny to like debut levels right. of frizz, right? It's so cool. <laughs> Also, well, like, she's just normal. She's we, a person. That's no, what happened. That's what's that. And that is what and that's a great pivot point to get into. I just want to make one other point on the hair, which is that in the early stages of the show, she was playing <laughs> in the desert. There was no humidity in Arizona and Vegas. And the thing that was so funny is that's where the static electricity was going crazy. And the first couple nights, she looked like she'd stuck her finger in a light socket on a couple of the up close But it things. doesn't. Yeah. And but it so there was that like problem. Uncurl in quite the same way, right? I, with the, when I was at the Super Bowl this year in Arizona, the first time that I did my hair the normal way that I do it, which is just like, like, sort of big, loose, like I just use a round brush. Okay, I know you don't know, don't that, know that is, what that but is. it doesn't matter. Nope, it's okay. um, <laughs> normally, it's basically just like blow drying my hair. Okay. The first time I did it, I had Priscilla Presley's hair. Like what was that? I, it was so poofy okay. because there's okay. nothing in the air that's like holding it down. And I was right. just like, what has happened here? <laughs> like every, every bit of my hair rose like three inches before it came down. Um, well, well, look, I, you are right that it, that it makes her more authentic. And that for me is the biggest takeaway of these nights in Los Angeles in particular, but a lot of this tour, and as we talk about 1989 and the re-release, I just think back to that 1989 tour, which was so wonderful. And I saw it at Foxborough. I saw it a few other places, but I saw it in Foxborough. And I came away from those shows thinking, this is just an unbelievable talent who still is figuring out who she is. Some of the ways in which she received the crowd some of the ways in which she communicated to the crowd 
in her own sort of theater nerdy way, didn't feel as believable to me then. And what was so great about this tour, and I noticed in these Los Angeles nights in particular, because she was, you know, comfortable with her steps and newer marks and everything, was just, she is so much more comfortable with who she is. She is self-deprecating in the right moments. She spun each bit of uh, canned dialogue. She would put some improvisation around it. She put character into, like, she just, she's, uh, our, our, our girl is all grown up, Nora, is what I'm trying to tell you. And, and it's, such a, it's such a wonderful full circle moment to have 1989 end this with this human being who just on stage projected such an aura of authenticity. And that has been the criticism. And I think partly justified historically on stage, the sort of surprise face, right? Well, she was selling the surprise face in ways she's never been able to before. And I think some of it is that this personal journey that she's been on, she just knows herself so much better. I I loved that part of these nights in Los Angeles. First of all, I didn't know it rained in the desert, but it is now there's a downpour going on around me in this car. Have I mentioned that I'm in a car? Um, so if anybody can hear that, I'm sorry, but that's just rain. Uh, it's a it's a really interesting point for 1989 specifically, right? Because we know that that was not a time in her life when she felt universally great about being Anything. herself. Yeah. And I really like it feels like she is so secure in what she's doing now. You know, look, I, I, we don't know her, right? She's, she's her own person. And there's such a temptation, I think, because she brings us so much joy and she brings fans in general so much joy. And she makes us all so happy and gives us these moments that, that cause these feelings of immense, just like gratitude and satisfaction that I think I think there's a real tendency to be like, she's happy too, right? Like she feels the same yeah, way about yeah. this. And I, I that was and we great don't know, for but you, I right? really hope she does. Really? Like, you liked it too, right? Please do it. Um, and that's where, like, I think that's why some of that energy is so intense is because yeah. in a really positive way, though, of course it, it goes overboard sometimes. Like we just want to know that it's as great for her as it is for us. Right. Um, so I say that all as caveat that like I never would have clocked during 1989 how she was actually feeling. Even if you like got that sense that maybe she was still discovering who she wanted to be on stage, right? Like we, you know, it was hard to, we never would have known everything that was happening and and who knows what's happening now. Like obviously she's been through a lot this summer, but she does, she is exuding a comfort in the power that she has that I don't know that she's always seemed totally comfortable in. And it's really, really cool to see. It's so cool to see her own that stage. It's so cool to see her own putting on the biggest tour that has ever happened. Um, and I hope it's real. Yeah. Um, hey, well, look, that, that, it that, feels that, real and I it, hope it yeah. is. Her walking off stage last night, toasting the crowd with the, with the glass of wine, what I think was a nice moment that suggests that, that, she indeed uh, was happy. There's a couple of little things that I just want to get your comments on because um, besides the surprise songs, which were just fucking awesome in Los Angeles, you saw Long Live for the first time. And ah, it was so good. Yeah, I mean, look, it is good. 
And I want to know what you thought of her like hoisting the koi fish guitar at the end and like doing the like tongue waggle scream. Like <laughs> I couldn't tell she did it every night. And so it wasn't just this sort of like spontaneous thing. So it was part of the show where she just like, it's like the conquering hero holding up the huge sword or something. She is. <laughs> did it? She has it pulled, landed like that she with has you. Pulled the sword from the stone. That's what it is. Totally. I just spat so much. It's fine. It's fine. It was amazing. And no body, no crime was amazing. I mean, you love that with Heim. Oh, I love that with Heim. I love Heim. I just love Heim. Yeah. And I love that song. And it's just so much fun to see them goofing off together on stage. Uh, that was really, I mean, the surprise songs in LA were unbelievable. Every yeah. single night was unbelievable. To me, as much as that, I will remember getting to see those two songs. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, look, like uh, nothing new, which was part of the Phoebe shows, like that was also an incredible highlight um, mm-hmm. and is really, really up there for me on the things that I've gotten to see her do on this tour. But it's just, I mean, there is just all the way that there has been something new. Yeah. Every single time she does this show and she's done so many hours of it is, yeah. is mind boggling and incredibly impressive and incredibly special. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, You should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Well, there's a couple other things that came out of these shows 
for my th- th- that I will take away. It, it made me rethink a few songs. It made me rethink okay, Bad cool. Blood. The crowd fucking loved Bad Blood and it worked in a pretty big way and not just because of the fire machines that during the course of the tour, they moved a little bit back because I think people were losing their eyebrows in the front rows at the beginning. (laughs) But Bad Blood works in that room in the same way. Now, now she sort of closed out the 1989 set with that, but in the same way that starting the reputation the trend the, the the transition from evermore to rep was massively high energy for me and ready for it it made me rethink ready for it like ready for it was bad fucking ass by the time this tour was over well you know who else felt that way it was halsey um, did she tweeted like the exact same thing uh the like i was literally bawling my eyes out during what's the last one there's it tolerated i think yeah and she was like i was literally bawling my eyes out and then rep started immediately and i'm paraphrasing i don't have the tweet in front of me but it was yeah, something yeah. like i was like oh you did this on purpose gotta wait my eyes it's bad bitch o'clock um, yeah, and I just thought that was it really is. funny. So clearly it that worked is. for her too. I did not need to rethink Ready for It because I think Ready okay. for It slaps. Okay, well it does. Um, this is not a debate. If you were in the in the crowd, this is like that. That is part of why the reputation section is so good. Yeah. It is so good. Those songs are so good. They thrive well, in they a live work setting. In a stadium. Yeah, they work in a stadium. They work on the album too, but like they work in a stadium. Do you know what else fits into this? which I think we always kind of knew that it it would, but you need to calm down as a highlight for me. Like is a, is, is a really fun moment in the show. It absolutely is. It's early on, but it's, it's super great. And I, I agree. Let's go to the opposite side, which is by the, the third or fourth night, I was watching the pee breaks and when people were <laughs> peeling out. And interestingly... Peeling out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people... Evermore was a moment for some pee breaks. I think folklore and it, maybe folklore got too much credit coming into the tour. Like, I, I loved the whole section, but I think you might, in retrospect, have cut that by a song. Because by that time, there are a lot of people taking pee breaks. But the thing that was most surprising to me was, holy shit, a lot of people go and pee during 10 minutes all too well. No. Yes. I stood there and watched people pour off the floor during 10 minutes all too well. They stayed for some of it. And then I think you're like, you look at your watch and you're like, holy crap, we're basically at the halfway point. I got 10 minutes because she literally starts the song with, hey, do you have 10 minutes? And my guess is the people who are there for the scene more so than the diehards are like 10 minutes. You know, this is like a good time for me to go pee and be back and I won't miss another song. And that's well, that's like, embarrassing for them. It, well, it is embarrassing for them, but it it was an absolute phenomenon. People were using that moment to go do it. 
Is that like, I wonder if people have convinced, I wonder if there's a little bit of like a, if you're willing to do it, this is a hack because no one's going to do it. But then if enough Maybe. people think that way. Peeing during 10 minutes all too well? I, I'm just in this saying. economy? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I also thought, listen, it, it, just because, hey, we give the good and the bad here. Wildest Dreams did not have to be in this set. Stay For me, I, I, ah, I, how dare you? I'm just saying it didn't it for the show. I love wildest dreams. It didn't have to be there. I really miss getaway car. And I really miss death by a thousand cuts. Although I didn't miss it that much. Cause I got it in LA. <laughs> Nora. So Lindsay Jones, um, who's my editor at The Ringer and, and is awesome over on our football side, mostly, although she is a diehard Swifty, um, she and I compiled a rankings of all of the surprise song nights. And I just, I will say, because I'm going to keep saying it, this is just a fun exercise. Every night was so special and so incredible. If you got to be a part of it, you are already among the very lucky few. Um yeah. But Death by a Thousand Cuts, both times she performed it, it was just like an automatic, this is going to be a very highly ranked night. For sure. Last night, though, did end up coming out on top. Getaway Car and Maroon, which was the first night at MetLife. had been yeah. number one. And then she just came in over the top with New Romantics and New Year's Day. And it was just so exciting. I told you. I told you. I told okay, you. Okay, it's not like I didn't agree. <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah, we're it, still it, doing this thing where we're like, yeah, 1989. She's gonna do 1989. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, know. like we, but we I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. It I was mean, still. It didn't matter. It was still every bit as exciting as yeah, it, as it would have been. I mean, it would have been less exciting if we had been clowning. But Delulu, we are not. I will say that I'm never gonna hear Gaga's applause again in the same way. Because it's it, it's the song that comes on before you don't own me. It's the song that, generally speaking, Scott and Andrea would walk out to and give their hearts to the crowd and hug people in the rows and stuff. And just that build up. There's the Ice Spice song, there's Misery Business, there's the Fallout Boy song, but then you get to applause and then you don't own me and you get the clock and it just, there's just this crescendoing wave. Uh, that song, I again, speaking of songs that play very well in large, in large venues, the place went batshit for Gaga's applause. 
It's so fun. It's such a good pick for that because it really does get you like amped up. Yeah. I was I was really excited. It's good walk on music to be really sure. Fun. Well, so 1989 is now Taylor's version is coming and it is October high time. October 27th. It is absolutely high time. It is 30% of the total streaming of the catalog that she does not own. It really was always the largest piece of the pie. And from a business perspective, it was the thing that has been so confounding to us, Nora, that she didn't rush to get this out because it is the album that streams more than any other one. And so finally, she's going to put this out. We've known she's had, I mean, speaking of Wildest Dreams, we heard Wildest Dreams in the Crazy Horse movie. I'm going to call you Spirit. a year plus ago. So we've known this thing has been around. But what I think, I think when all is said and done, and this is, again, speculation. Wait, also, I, just, just to clarify, well over a year ago, I lived in yes. Boston. Oh, jeez. That's, that's ages ago. I lived ago. in Boston. It was like mid-pandemic. Yes, it's basically Because right. I remember you called me when it came out when it was in, when the snippet was in the trailer, and I was on a run along the Charles River, which I suppose I did like when the peak pandemic was cresting. See, I told too, you we call each other when it's serious shit, and that was serious when it's shit. <laughs> serious matters only. <laughs> but it was, as she said. I mean, I don't think it's embarrassing, but she called it an embarrassingly long time. Yes, um, it was embarrassingly in the works. long. I think it is embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Listen, I, but I do it's think... It's not like she's not busy. I, I, well, I know she's busy, but the point is, if the idea was to shoot the arrow into the heart of the dark lords who you know claim ownership over her art, this is the piece de la resistance. This is... The the biggest. Well, so then one. it was an it, then it was an expensively long time, but well, I don't think it's embarrassing. Yeah, that, okay, You're, I will concede that point to you for sure. We'll trade e words, but I but I think Nora, that in hindsight, when when we look at this and it comes out, and we have to hear it. But what she told us last night in the tweet was, "This is my favorite, and it's because of these whippingly awesome five songs from the vault." And I think in my heart of hearts that at least I want to believe that the reason that she didn't put this out when she could have from a financial perspective, she should have is because she's been working on these five songs. She cares about them. She probably has some cool guests, you know, artists on this. Maybe she was even doing some of that in electric lady studios in, uh, in New York, as we've seen her going in and out. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But that this release is going to be about those five songs. It is also going to be the most challenging to date because replicating all of the Max Martin stuff, she did it pretty well with Shellback on the on Red, but this is a different level of sonic replication that has to happen. Can't wait to hear how that pans itself out. But I do think what she understands now is that these things thrive on the back of the secret songs and she's going to hype them up, not just because she loves them, but also because it's going to get people to pay attention to an album that's going to come in a relatively short window following the Speak Now release. It's very exciting. I just can't wait. I love the album art. I love the seagulls. I love her hair. I, do you I, buy? I, 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 d d no, I think you're right. I agree with you. Because I do. I, I, look, I think we talked about it after Speak Now, which is just that 
the vault is is the vault makes or breaks these things because right. I think if you're if you're one of the people like us who are going to pay such close attention and just gobble up each one of these things obsessively, talk about it, post about it, listen to it over and over again, dissect the differences, which is not, I mean, look, like her her scale requires a lot more people than just the people who are going to do that. But those are the, that's the group right. that like, that generates the buzz and kind of becomes the wind beneath the wings or whatever. We have listened to all of her songs. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Keep going. You're on a roll. It's raining in Vegas. We have listened to each one of these songs (laughs) like eight bajillion times. Yes. And it's not that we're not going to enjoy hearing them in a fresh way and the satisfaction of her getting to own them. Right. But we've heard them. I don't need to listen to Shake It Off six times the second it comes out to know what the song sounds like. No, but I mean, look, Nora, if I go into your playlist right now, what's the song from Speak Now that you have listened to at least 10 times more than any other one on the album? I can see you. Of course it is. And I think that's also what we're going to get with 1989. Can you imagine if with all... I mean, she had to do this. She had to do it last night because with all of the buildup and the Easter eggs in the I Can See You video and all of the store changes that happened you know, before midnights a year plus ago and all of the indications... I mean, listen, after night five, the bracelets, they blinked uh, blue light five times, which they had done after Speak Now, purple three times, right? So there was all these... Easter egging. It was if, I. I kept mine. I, yeah. I forgot to. I actually meant to put it in the recycling thing, but I. I um, no, you out wanted of it place. as a personal souvenir. It's fine. And I. It was like next to. It was on the passenger seat of my car as I was pulling out of SoFi, and it was blinking blue. Yeah, and I was like alone in the in this rental Screaming. car, being like, "Did anybody else see that?" Yes. Yes. Also, I'm so sorry for for screaming into the microphone so much. I know it's incredibly unpleasant if you're listening to no, this podcast. No, it's not. It's wonderful. It, it, it's what you feel. And and as as Taylor said last night, you're just going to have to deal with my emotions. That's where we are. Yeah. So I'm feeling th- some feelings right this now. Is, yes. And, and good for you. But can you imagine? Like, she had to do this. Otherwise, the clown, the clown meme would have been taken to the absolute next level. Like, I think I would have had to bail out or something. <laughs> Like, th- it, there just was too much. If she didn't deliver on this, it would have been crazy. That's what was so great about the, like, blue dresses. And it's just building. You know it's coming. And boom, there it is on the screen. And, of course, they can't help putting pre-order now. It's fine. It's fine. Sell it to me. Well, I will buy also, all of it. Also, also, by the way, by the way, pre-order. Everybody should go pre-order it. Because if you pre-ordered it, or if you pre-ordered Speak Now, or maybe it was Midnight's or something, a good friend of mine got tickets in Scotland because she got a pre-sale code that came from having pre-saved one of the albums. So I get that you're making a point about like commercializing yeah. a special experience, but also go do it because you might be rewarded yeah. for it someday. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 are going to be constantly looking for ways to distribute tickets in a more equitable way cuz demand is always going to exceed supply. So, uh yes, I'm I'm happy for you. I am so happy we got it because I would have gone nuts. I do just want to make this point which I just can't look at that cover art 
and not see the Ryan Adams 1989 cover art. And I know that she was wearing the seagull oh, shirt. No, no, but listen, I, I, I think it's like, not boo. Like, I love that she did it. Because just like she's claiming back the music that was taken away from her by people who took the catalog, she's also like, there's just a little tiny thread of like, hey, that's mine too, fucker. Like, I wore the seagull shirt. The disc had seagulls on it. Like, thanks for putting on the cover. But now pastels are mine too. I mean, she just claimed an entire color palette for her own. With <laughs> <laughs> she's like, like, what's left for anybody who's ever tried to take anything from her? She's got, but I looked at those two covers. I just couldn't help but see maybe there's just a little bit of thread of, hey, fucker, that one's mine too. Maybe. I sort of feel like Taylor is not thinking about Ryan Adams right now, but I remember feeling a little twinge of sadness that she was so psyched about that she cover forget. initially. Just because I felt like it was annoying that she it was, was getting cred that I felt she deserved. I mean, like her prerogative, whatever. Um, yeah. So if if this is a reversal of that, I think that's great. I just, I, I think don't know. it might just I, be the putting How much the time is she spending thinking about Ryan Adams? N- n- right not now. much, but you know, there's also a song on Midnight's called I Regret You All the Time or the, with with a lyric, I Regret You All the Time. And so she she still harbors a few of those things. And I it just wouldn't surprise me if uh, she continues to do her personal work that so clearly comes out on stage that uh, one part of that is she's still putting to bed a few of these regrets. It was brought up at one of my camp stops that she would not make a very good NFL cornerback because one of the traits that you really need is a short memory, they always like to say. Not exactly one of the tools in her toolkit. Or a golfer. No, not not a thing that she's... It is the longness of her memory. She is an athlete. She has unbelievable stamina. But that one, that one leaving a little something to be desired. Can I tell you what I'm just like on cloud nine about right now? Yes. I know we talked about New Romantics being part of all of that anticipation. But can we just like... Can we just go up to the 30,000 foot view here for a second and talk about the magical Cinderella story that is this delightful and incredible song and how satisfying as a patented new romantic stan it is to see my baby. Go. From being banished to the Target Deluxe Edition to being the most (laughs) anticipated surprise song of the Eras Tour and the announcement of 1989 Taylor's version, the one that everybody was excited about. Yes, I'm sad that I didn't get to see it in person, but the Mm -hmm. fact that this was New Romantics, that like this was the one that everyone was buzzing about is so wonderful and I am so happy and it is such a good song. <laughs> take your victory lap uh, as that I will wasn't take a mine. Qu- that was just a comment, as they say. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was definitely not a question. It that was a thing, and uh, as Ice Spice says, facts. 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 Do you think Carla Delevingne's post party is over, or you think it's just winding down at this point as we record? It's uh, eight a.m. Pacific. They're still going. They're still going. They're absolutely still going. And they should be because 
You don't want the night to end. You just want it to go forever. She's and two and a half bottles of Chardonnay it's like, Probably a lot more than that, if we're being honest. But again, <laughs> more power to him. Before we go, I do feel I want I want producer Kaya to hop on for a second and just share her biggest takeaways from being in the house. Kaya. Um, I mean, it was I don't know. <laughs> it was incredible. I don't know what else to say. It was a ginormous <laughs> spectacle. I just remember stopping several times and like looking around the stadium and I'd also never been to SoFi Stadium before that. So that was just like, they pack a lot of people in there, man. They do. And it was just like so fun to see. I was seated next to a family that was a grandma, mom and little girl. And it was like lovely to see like three generations of like fans there. And yeah, just wonderful time. You weren't seated next to the to Carly Claus, I was. Not you had better Carly seats Claus. than Carly Claus. Maybe, maybe there was a tweet going around that was like retweet if you had better seats at the airport. Incredible, incredible. But it's such a solid move by her. I love, I love everything about it. I mean, also like there really just is not a bad. There's not a bad seat in the house. Um, it was funny that like Adam Sandler got the got the tent nod. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know Carly. any better. He didn't know any. He's just like, oh, buddy. Buddy, oh, I get to be in the tent? Oh, I'm wearing my biggest baggy shorts for this one. <laughs> that's that's your Sandler? It, I got to work on it. Kaya, what was your favorite um, era or part? I had a lot of fun during the Reputation era. Love the folklore era, the August performance. It really hits. Okay. Um, she does a great job with that. LA, what month and, is it? <laughs> come on, man. It's It's great. And um the eighth seeing month, the ninth day of the eighth month. Yeah. In the eighth month of the year. <laughs> Scream singing all too well is oh, just you a didn't, really fun You didn't experience. do the pee break during Yeah, all Kaya two. didn't go for a pee break. Okay, so you know what I did is that when did you all too break? well, Tim, and it has a very, very long outro. So once we kind of got past, See? you know, the verses... And okay, that doesn't count. Getting into the, I was there, I was there, it was rare, it was rare. And, you know, that goes on for like a good minute. You weren't there, you were peeing, you were And peeing. you were there, you were there in the bathroom line. <laughs> I was there, I was there in the bathroom. Ah. I'm in, and back in my seat, uh, right as the one started. So I felt that I timed that well. Actually, that I think is a good, that's a good way to do it. That's the hack. Kaya knows. Yeah. Take you, it from producer Kaya. She's always got thank the right you. idea. As long as you don't miss Tail it and how that. it glistened as it fell. Because then they shoot they they shoot the the snow in this whatever. Anyway. By the way, so much more snow for the nights that they were filming. Bigger bracelets, like bigger lights on the bracelets for the night that they were filming. Or ever cost conscious. Well, and the and the they programming the was completely different after. because yeah. you picked up the you got the bracelet in your seat, right? Yep. Yep. As opposed to as you're walking in, because if you get them as you're walking in, they are sending just like general electric, whatever, I don't, meh, signals to general <laughs> zones. <laughs> what am I, electric a doctor? Touch. Got a feeling you're electric touch. Um, the electric <laughs> touch is, is asymptotic at best in how it's choosing its locations. 
But if they, if the ones that you picked up on the seat, they knew exactly where you were sitting. Um, And that was not when I was there. You were there those nights. I saw a bunch of it on TikTok. It looked incredible. It was. And I'm excited to see it in the video. It was pretty incredible. Shout out to producer Kaya for validating the all too well pee break situation. uh, Okay, hers was different than what you said, though. I'm just telling and you, people more, were streaming for the exits at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, whatever. <laughs> I can't believe this thing is over. I do love, by the way, that in the same week in which she announced that she was going to New Orleans, Indianapolis? What? Miami <laughs> and Toronto, that she still was calling this the end of the North American leg of the Eras Tour. I Very- forget who it was, but like somebody in her band posted or no maybe it wasn't maybe it was one of the like one of the just sort of Taylor Swift accounts whatever somebody posted something that popped up on my Instagram feed of just all of the concert dates that have been announced and there was just a little arrow yeah pointing to the one the last one it's so we're not even close to halfway through third of the way through no we got so much more to go she's gonna do 15 shows in 15 months from now I mean this is (laughs) As we as we sort of move to the end of this conversation, that to me is going to be the most fascinating question is we've had this summer of Taylor. It is a monocultural moment that everybody from Machine Gun Kelly to J.J. Watt to you name it, random YouTubers and TikTokers, all, the whole thing to just normal fans, to the most crazy passionate fans have all been able to unite around one thing. What a wonderful thing to do at this moment of division in society. It's just a great thing. Can she now, for 15 months, continue this platform? Because what is so amazing about this announcement and the way that she did 1989, which is so important to her business, it is so important to her heart, is that she determined there is no bigger media platform that is more impactful in the world right now than walking out on stage and making the announcement. She didn't need MTV. She didn't need late night TV. She didn't even need the internet, really. It is This has been the biggest media platform in the world. She's stopping going to Mexico. She's only got two weeks off. She's going to be in Mexico City. So, I mean, I, you know, enjoy the Chardonnay while you can because you're going to be back on the road. Then she's in Asia. Then she's in Europe. Then she's in Indianapolis. Do we know that it's Chardonnay? No. Do we know that she's a Chardonnay girl? We know that she likes white wine. Girl. Yeah, she could be like a Sancerre. Well, okay. Well, she can drink whatever she wants. She can afford it. That's for sure. It's probably Pouligny Montrachet, premier crew from who? Who knows? But she's drinking it. Is whatever it is. The point okay, is Harry Styles grape juice. Is this an unbelievable funny. moment of cultural domination? going to continue for the next 15... How long can she hold this pose? And will she try to do it? Because she's going to hold it through the fall to make sure that 1989 goes... Again, 30% of her streaming of stuff she doesn't own comes from 1989. So she's going to work to stay relevant from that perspective. As she goes to Singapore, as she goes to Sweden next summer will we have this level of cultural buzz about this woman where the New York Times, as she's finishing her shows in Los Angeles, is writing multiple pieces about her tour, 
including every single album. Thank you. That was nice. Mm, that was very nice. It was a very nice blurb. And you were quoted in that very nice piece as well that I think captured the scale of this. If Next to Billy Very Joel. accurately. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it's a good question. I'm I'm curious to see because there's something where it's like, how do you get bigger than this? Right. It feels impossible. Right. I got, I got, it um, I ordered a piece of furniture recently and like what? two days after, and you know, you order, you get on the mailing list for places and you don't want to be and then you start getting emails. But I order a new like, media console thing for the TV and stuff. And two days later, I got an email from Anthropology promoting like the oh, Taylor no. and Taylor Lautner oh, special no. collection and like yeah. uh, the tailored home collection and right. blah, 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 blah. And it is just all Taylor puns. The brands and have all, jumped the and shark. And also like, it has just gone. I mean, first it was like I told you about the law firm recruiting thing. Yeah. Now it's like influencing interior decorating. It's out of hand. There it's is just no everything. corner of the world that has been untouched by the Eras tour, and it's you think she's effects. gonna? Do you, do you think she's gonna bail out? Do you think she's gonna have a moment where she senses the pulse and goes, "I've got to go away for a little bit. It's overexposure." I mean, she she knows this better than it. This is her superpower. Well, but so here's the thing is that like she is not she's not causing that. Like re remember I do think that there's a necessary distinction between now and some of what was going on in in the 1989 era where like she's not out here hawking diet coke, which by the way she had every right to do in the first place. But like she's not I mean yeah, she's popping up on your TV in some Capital One commercials once in a while. But it's not like constant, constant, oh, Taylor Swift's over there. Taylor Swift's over there. Taylor Swift's over there. Taylor Swift is on the Eras tour. And the Eras tour is the biggest thing in the fucking universe. And if that fades a little bit as she goes and, and plays all of these shows overseas, which, look, I don't, I don't want to be like so U.S. centric and say that that's inherently. We still got Coachella. Like, we still got Coachella sitting out there with well, no Well, but also schedule. just the. The thing that I was going to say is like a lot of those shows are in smaller yeah. venues. Some of them are not, but a lot of them are in, you know, the European ones are often in like 30-ish, 35 um, to 40,000 person venues. And so necessarily in some ways, the scale is going to be a little different. Um, I think I'm going to go to one of those and I'm really curious to see it in that in that format. My dream is that there's sort of like an intimacy there that would be really, really cool to experience. I do Don't wonder if that up. will play... It's a giant European soccer stadiums. It's going to feel massive and... Well, but like 30... Like 35,000 is different from 70,000. It, yeah. it, it just sort of has Energetically, to Energetically, I um, will be fascinated to see if it carries over a year later. Because that energy, whether it was Gawkers in LA, Diehards in New York, uh, it was fucking real all summer long. I would like someone to make an app for the surprise song. Like, can we get some sort of push notification situation set up? Yeah. I'm not saying it's very hard for me to just go to TikTok in the morning, but I would love nothing more than to be able to wake up each morning, especially as the time zone question becomes a bigger and bigger piece of, of right. being able to follow the acoustic sets. I would love to be able to wake up and have a notification about what she played the night before. And I know no, we have forgetting. just many wonderful, brilliant listeners. 
Europe is ahead of us. You're going to get it before dinner. You, on your lunch break, you're going to find out what she played in Italy. Well, but she's not just going to Europe. Yeah. Like, what, what time is it going to be? Okay, Look, I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the math app. later. My point stands. I would like an app. So if someone wants I'll work on the app. Work on that. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, well, and I, I we'd love, speaking of content, you know, that w- whatever form this documentary takes, and I really do hope that there's a lot of footage of the behind the scenes, because the, the questions that came out amongst lots of friends and people is like, how does she do this? What does her day actually look like? Does she go yeah. into a cold plunge afterwards? How Look, night uh, one, we caught up to her motorcade. We got out of there and her motorcade, we passed her. She was sitting in that SUV, the light of her phone going through, like checking what happened. I'm absolutely certain, by the way, that's why the camera guy got fired. Because he was the night, he was the show that night, right? Running around, he was in the way of the shots, and he didn't get fired. Who knows what happened? But I can't imagine that it's a, it's <laughs> I was a like, coincidence. I did not hear about this. It, I can't imagine it's a coincidence that they moved to a sort of robotic camera that was less intrusive and less in the way. Not because the guy was doing anything wrong; he was doing his job. It's just he kind of became a character, and when you're a main character that's not Taylor Swift, you got to get out of the picture. I think. So yeah, I'm sure I was going to ask you if that if that it, had an it, it if did that was a little it did it was distracting disruptive it yeah. was distracting it was disruptive everybody was talking about it online but in the stadium too it was clear and it just became oh they're filming this instead of I'm watching the show now it looks like from some things online that the footage that was captured is fascinating but i do want to see and and it's going to be beautiful and gosh i hope we don't have to wait until you know christmas 24 for it to come out although that probably is the most likely timing just if they don't want to sort of ruin the surprise for everybody else but it, right. it's going to be beautiful. But I really hope that they capture a bunch of what was going on offstage because this is just an enormous effort. And again, like we cruise right by the motorcade. There she is still working at 12.30 in the morning, like making descent. Did she go home? And like, how do you recover from six nights of marathons, basically? It's going to be I mean, that really is what interesting. I, like, that is what I would want to know in behind right. the scenes stuff because yes. I was talking to somebody about this and they were saying like, Maybe, Kaya, was it even you? We were talking about, like, what would she, like, what could she show in terms of the guests and what it's like backstage? And I was kind of like, yes, that would be incredible. But also... What'd she eat? It's, she's not, well, so I'll I'll get there. But I was like, there's a part of that that I don't think is going to be in this documentary because it's boring, She's living a boring life right now in a lot of ways. She is doing the show and she is getting in the car yes. and she is going home. Yes. And she is She's probably on the 405. Like a, right. Yeah. With the police guys. Probably to and, get some protein and go the fuck to sleep. Right. So like in, in terms of, you know. She got to be right back oh, in the venue for hair and makeup. I don't know why they even right. bother with the hair, but yeah. <laughs> stop it. You stop it right now. That's what but you so taught like me today. In terms of... of Here's here's the 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 1989 version where it's like, oh, we're going to focus this on Taylor interacting with Mick Jagger and Wiz Khalifa and like all of these interactions and hanging no. out and even the reputation stuff um, or I, of stuff from the reputation tour that was in Miss Americana where it's the um, the backstage, the meet and greets, all of that stuff. That is not something they have. No. 
access to because she is giving so much to this tour right. that she is not living her life like that. No, she's not so even meeting a lot of people. So in the absence of that, the thing that I really want to see is like, she is an athlete right now. Let's yes. hard knock. It's the this, Rocky you know? hard knocks Rocky training montage. That's what this thing needs to be, interspersed with what are going to be beautiful shots of all of the, the witchiness and the, and and the show itself. And we'll see it in ways that we couldn't. Thanks to the both the the guy with the gigantic calves and the robot camera <laughs> that you know got, got 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 the shots of a lifetime. So I there's. This thing is going to keep going and we can see the content being made in real time. She's not going into that music studio in New York to goof around. This woman is constantly working. I'm not kidding you. She's sitting there in the back seat on her phone going through shit at 1230 in the morning while the adrenaline is still pumping through her body, having just come off stage. She does not stop. She doesn't stop. So will she continue to produce content through the end of what is now the era's tour dragging into the fall of 2024? Will she step back? What I know, Nora, is we've got a reason to do another Taylor Swift podcast, and it's only a few months away. It's only a few months away. October 27th is fast approaching. I'm sure there will be a lot of things that we'll get a chance to talk about. And maybe, look, obviously, we'll be able to do stuff around the video whenever it comes out. I do agree with you that we're probably going to be waiting a while for that because it does seem like even last night, Taylor Nation live streamed the announcement of 1989 Taylor's version. And I'd been watching like, you know, the grainy TikTok live streams that amazing fans who are so dedicated help all of us out by providing. But then Taylor Nation goes live and it's, you know, it's clearer, right? Like they've got the equipment, they're in a better spot. Um, so I switch over to that and I'm thinking, oh, great. Like now she's going to start the surprise songs and I can watch this live stream. Second that thing gets announced, Taylor Nation, done, yeah, off, out. Because they're not, they're not giving it away, right? Like nope. if, if you, to have that moment of watching the stream, of watching videos of the surprise sets, um, whether it's live or you wake up in the morning and, and check again, there could be an app for that. Um, it, that is going to be user generated, right? That is going to be fan generated content. And they are not like, um, the fact that they were not doing that made me think, oh yeah, we're, we're going to wait until this thing is all but wrapped up before we're releasing like a big long chance to see the show from the comfort of your own home. Put my girls in the documentary. <laughs> I got to make a few calls. They had incredible outfits. They, it should absolutely happen. If anyone is listening to this who has any power or influence, the Hubbard girls are stars. All right. Nora, so are you. So are you. So is producer Kaya. It was, it was such a, like, I just feel like the stars aligned. And we all got to be there at the same time. And Taylor is the Everything mastermind of all of that. Wow. It was all by design. It was all by design. Because I'm a mastermind. All right. For the last time in this glorious summer of Taylor, this has been every single album. I'm Nora Princiati. As always, he is Nathan Hubbard. Thank you so much to Kaya McMullen for producing this episode and for being in the house on Tuesday. And thanks to you for listening. We will talk to you soon.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.